Be inspired to love life, to achieve extraordinary feats, and to change the world around you for the better. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott. Peter Schultz lives in Virginia, the USA, and works in his role as vice president of a US climate change consultancy organisation. He guides companies to help change their behaviours towards positive, planet-friendly behaviours. His work is also critical given the state of our planet and ongoing climate change issues. By assisting companies to adopt more sustainable practices, Peter is making a real difference and contributing to a better future for all of us. More than that, though, Peter loves his life as an athlete. He lives his passions in pursuit of competitive sports. We're grateful to hear stories from a true, grit, passionate individual who dedicated his life to vitality. Here's Peter's first story. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story. It's great to have everyone back again and it's lovely to be here. And we're here today with Peter Schultz and he's here from the States. It's great to have him here and he's going to tell his first story today. And it's great to have Peter because he happens to be a friend of mine. So it's lovely to see him. Haven't seen him for a while. So Peter, welcome. And Peter, could you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself because it is your first story? Yeah, sure. Kathleen, thanks for having me. I'm so glad that we connected several years ago as we were eating our way across the Dolomites, eating and skiing with your husband and my wife. And yeah, good time. So I really don't know how to describe myself. 57-year-old white male, I, I don't know. I mean, I can tell you my profession. I'm a climate change consultant. You know, I'd put that sort of third on the rung of the things that define me. I'd say kind of at the top of the list is... The, the relationships that I have with my wife and my son and the things that I do outside of work. I have, yeah. you know, a number of passions that I like to pursue. And, and then he, I'm a professional, yeah, third. Yeah, a professional third. It's pretty big, the job that you do, I know that. But we might get to that in one of your stories. And can you tell us where do you live? I live in Reston, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., so I have an office in, in the D.C., kind of down in closer to the city, and I ride my bike there when I go into work, but mostly from this space right here in, in Reston, Virginia. Excellent. And tell us, what is your first story going to be about today, Peter? Well, I was thinking of a story titled something like, When Life Gives You Lemons, Don't Get Sour, Make Lemonade and Make a Lot of It. Oh, that sounds like a great Love Your Life, Tell Your Story title. So go for it. Tell us about that story. Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to one of the passions. Like my, my, my life has been sort of marked by different passions. And I'm kind of sort of, I desperately need to do something with passion. A thing that I've done with a lot of gusto for 10 years or so is a kind of bike racing called cyclocross racing. And you, uh, so in cyclocross racing, we're, many people might not be familiar with it you're racing your bike in a group of people maybe 50 people and it's usually on grass and dirt and mud um, things like that and the course designers put barriers in your way that force you to get off your bike and run with your bike for a little while um, it's pretty grueling um, you're you're either sprinting all out or you're braking really hard and and i just I, I love doing it. It's 45 minutes long and it's 45 minutes of hell and joy. 
yeah, I sort of progressively got into it more and more. What inspired you to pursue cycle cross racing? I don't know. I don't know. It's just one of those weird things. It's like, you know, why not knitting or like whale watching or stamp collecting? But it's cyclocross racing. And yeah, honestly, Kathleen, it could it could be whale watching or knitting or whatever. Like to me, it's almost more important like that I am passionate about something than what I'm actually doing. Because like if in the grand scheme of things, like what the heck? Like cyclocross racing. Like, what? Why? And I, I can't really tell you. I don't know. I mean, like I've done endurance sports for a lot of my life. I like the physicality of it. You know, in most races, I fall at some point. I don't know. I, I, I sort of like, yeah, I like that there's a little bit of violence there. So it's, I don't know, there's a risk associated with it. With that, I, I like risk. I, I don't know why. I just... It's just a thing. It's kind of random that I. That and how old were you when you got into this sport? So I'm 57 now. I was yeah. probably about 40, 45 when I got into it. Okay, so so it sounds like something that you can pursue for many years and stay passionate about. Yeah, I think I will pro- probably always do it, and and that's kind of like the way it is with the different things that I've been passionate about. It's like they might not be my main sort of thing going forward, but I've always got them, you know, I can always, I can always come back to them and can always do them. And that's sort of where I ended up with cyclocross because it's actually not my main passion. Now I started out, you know, like a couple of minutes ago saying it is, but it actually isn't. And that's where the story sort of went because I wanted to be really good at it. I wanted to compete at the national level, I actually wanted to try to win a, an age group national championship at it to just be honest. And I went all in and it didn't work. It didn't, it didn't work out. So what happens when you realize it doesn't go as planned? What sort of emotions and feelings come up for you when it doesn't go as planned? <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, you know, so I probably spend at least 20 hours a week or spent at least 20 hours a week on cyclocross, you know, maybe 15 hours a week on training another five or so hours, just working on my bike and my wife's bike. My, my wife is still very passionate about cyclocross racing. And then it's sort of like every other sort of waking moment where I'm not working or with my wife or whatever, I'm thinking about it um, or I'm, I'm doing weight training or, whatever um and so so i'm really heavily invested in it and so it's not like if you challenge me to a game of checkers and like i haven't practiced checkers and and you beat me in checkers and i'm like darn okay well let's have a glass of wine you know it's not that way because i've i've spent more time you know doing cyclocross training that I probably in a week that I probably have talking to my wife, which is yeah. my number one love. Um, yeah, I'm, I was so heavily invested in it, you know, monetarily and time wise, it's just, it's really deep in there. And then when things don't go as I want them to go, I mean, it's not like they weren't going like, okay, but I wasn't seeing the improvement that I wanted to see based on the investment that I was making. Yeah, it's hard. It's like, it's it's a loss. It's a very sort of deep loss 
I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to describe how deep it is. And I, I really kind of realized this past fall that it wasn't working out in the way that I wanted to work out. And it was depressing, you know, clinically yeah. depressing. And it's almost like I lost someone close to me in my life when I realized that that dream wasn't going to come to fruition. So what beliefs do you have about yourself and your abilities as a cycle cross racer in that case? Yeah, I got to be honest, when, when it wasn't working out, and, and I, I got the dates wrong, I'm, I'm referring to like a little over a year ago, it was probably about a year and a half ago when it wasn't working out, because all last year. So a year and a half ago was when the lemons happened, and kind of over the course of the last year is when, when I was making lemonade, trying to make something good of it. And I actually really enjoyed last year, but we'll get to that. Yeah, it's it's hard to describe. Kathleen, it's really, yeah, I can't really completely make sense of it, but I realized that I had to get out of it because it was just so poisonous. It was so toxic to me that when I'd go to a race and the the race season goes from September through December, it's a cold weather sport. They're actually trying to get it into the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure biking in the Winter Olympics, but I'd finish racing on, on Sunday and I would just be just angry. And it's like, wait, this is supposed to be the fun thing in my life. And I'm angry. Why am I angry every weekend? And then I spend the whole rest of the weekend angry. And then I go and race on the weekend and I get angrier. And and so finally, I was just like, nope, I'm done. I'm out. I'm pulling the plug. And and that's when that sort of depression set in. So this was your reaction. um, I got help. Yeah. So what happened last year? So that was in 20, late 2021. In 2022, I just realized that I needed something to pivot to, something else to be passionate about, something where I could invest myself and get sort of positive sort of mental returns. And so what I, what I moved to was to do long distance events. So like cyclocross racing, as I said, it's about 45 minutes long. Yeah. So I've moved to doing things that are longer than 12 hours and just just epic, to me, epic adventures. Other people might, might be like, oh, well, that's nothing. But to me, they were epic. And and that was really gratifying to plan yeah. for them, to train for them, and to do them. Sounds epic to me, Peter, and I'm sure it sounds epic to everyone else to do 12 hours. Have you got a story to tell? We'd love to hear it. Connect with Love Your Life, Tell Your Story now on Facebook and Instagram. This is your reaction. Your reaction was anger and you decided to pivot to try something new. So you tried to do something new and it was 12 hours and it was still racing. So I did four things that I would call like really epic things. One of them was a race and the other three were just things that I just ginned up i did a bunch of other like long rides i think i did something like 15 rides over 100 miles last year maybe it was 17 rides over 100 miles last year but i don't really count those okay these four four things were i think the shortest might have been like 16 hours long So 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 we'll just wrap them all up is that you you pivoted and you tried new adventures yes yep yeah, I just, just sort of went in a different direction. And I mean, maybe you would say, well, it's you're just doing like a longer version of what you were doing before. And in a way, that's true. And that's kind of why I was sort of titled this story about 
sort of making lemonade and a lot of it because yeah there was a a lot that was in each of these adventures and and they were just they were really gratifying to plan for and execute and i was fortunate enough to complete all four of them and I don't know what would happen if I hadn't. I think I would have been resilient, sort of mentally resilient to to not complete. Because I think it's what what I tried to set out in pivoting from cyclocross racing to these these sort of epic adventures was to enjoy the process and not necessarily the outcome. And what I tried to think about was like, I want to be happy right now. Yeah. And um i don't want to have to win a race or whatever you know have somebody else judge me to tell me whether it's time to be happy it's like no i want to do things that are gratifying you know the process of doing them the process of planning for them and executing them i want all of that to be a positive process and we'll maybe we'll have time to get into what some of these things were, and you'll, you'll be like, oh, "That doesn't sound that fun," but they they were in a in a weird sort of way to me. They were they in themselves were inherently gratifying. Whereas like cyclocross, the training for it is extremely painful. Like I've never been, I've never experienced like more pain than when I do an interval workout. It's just it's it's whole body pain. The good thing about that kind of interval training is you can make it, you know, make it go away by stopping. So when you're done, you're done. So it's not like breaking a bone that pain can sit, persists or like you know mental anguish that keeps going. But um, so so yes, that's stoppable. But it's really really intense and really uncomfortable and really not fun. It's all about getting better, getting fitter, so that when the race time comes, you can perform the way that you hope that you can. And then when it, when that doesn't work out and it's like, why was I putting myself through all of that pain? It was for, to no end because it itself is not enjoyable. So I was like, no, I'm going to do something that I enjoy doing. And tell me how, how the pivot, the change, how does it affect the rest of your life, the other areas of your life? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, the pivot in a way it was a selfish thing. And I feel really fortunate to be able to do it because like the things that I, I ended up doing were really time consuming. And so that took away time um, from Kara, my wife, and that's not a good thing. So negative effect there but i think also that kara saw the positive effect that they had on me and so she was really supportive of me doing these things because she saw how it makes me happy and if if i'm happy then i'm able to i think be a better husband just be a better colleague be a better dad and if i'm not taking care of myself and i don't have that base from which to support other people. So it took you out of a dark place as well by the sound of it because you were talking before that you had lost an identity out of cyclocross as well because of that 17 years that you'd invested. So taking you into a new identity of these other adventures. So can I ask you as well, what advice would you give to somebody who is facing a similar situation? Well, hopefully recognise the, the trauma that you're going through sooner than I did and get out of it. And I think, you know, one of the things that sort of makes me strong is my ability to persevere and my grit and kind of, yeah, but that's, there's 
a downside to that where I'm persevering and I'm trying to grit something out and I probably shouldn't be. So I think my advice to somebody would be, you know, have enough mindfulness to um, recognize a bad situation that is changeable and change. Okay. Just, just change, do something different. And I think, you know, I see this like a lot. I'm sure, you know, you see it probably all the time is people just don't make changes that they, you know, if they were sort of floating above themselves at 30,000 feet, they'd be like, change, you need to change. That's bad. (laughs) But they don't. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so I, I think it's just that fundamental recognition that something is out of kilter and you need to to reset and do something different get out of that toxic situation i think that's my my main advice but gosh that's easy to say and gosh it's hard to do so that's where retrospect is a beautiful thing so uh, but, but great advice and and it's where both your true grit um, held you there and it also helped you change because you persevered to go to new adventures that you love so Wonderful story, Peter, and I thank you very much for it. It's wonderful um, to talk to you, and I can't wait to hear your second story next week. So thank you for joining us on Love Your Life, and it truly shows that you do love your life and love yourself enough to make those brave changes. Well done. This is only part of our story. To hear the rest, leap forward to the next podcast and give us five stars wherever you listen. Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott.